0: Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic, here with my dogs, Lucy and Bert. Together, we're interviewing cool, creative women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. Do you dream of working alongside your dog? Then sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode to find the inspiration and resources that will help you grow your own dog-inspired business. In this episode, I am talking with a very inspirational dog mom. Marika Meeks, along with her dog Stella, is the founder of Incredible Stella. Marika is always up to something new and today you'll get to hear about her new book, a partnership with Papa John's Pizza, a pilot for a TV show, and a screenplay that she's writing. One of my biggest takeaways from our conversation is about timing. Marika talks about repitching great ideas a year or two later. What might have been a flop a few years back could be a huge hit now. Let's dive in. Marika Meeks is an active rescue and foster dog mom who helps rehome dogs in need. As the founder of Incredible Stella, she's been honored as the 2019 Dog Mom of the Year, has appeared on HGTV, the Hallmark Channel, the Dodo, the Mel Robbins Show, Animal Planet, and more. She's also the author of a book titled Incredible Stella, How the Love of a Pitbull Rescued a Family. Marika is a lifelong entrepreneur and turned her efforts toward rescuing and advocating for dogs everywhere after narrowly surviving a stage 3 breast cancer diagnosis a few years ago. Turning an emerging passion into her life's purpose, she and her pit bull Stella are followed by over 80,000 people around the world. The pair have committed to paying it forward with the gift of Marika's second chance by helping homeless dogs get a second chance too. Hey, Marika. Hey, Tori. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited to talk to you and um, you know catch up on what you've been up to because we've known each other for a few years. Um, we met probably surrounding all the blog pause kind of stuff, and we got to meet in person there too. Um, but you're like you seem like one of the busiest people. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. So I'm excited to hear what it is that you're doing um, with incredible Stella, maybe for the people who are listening who don't know about you and all the amazing stuff you do. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this?
1: Yeah, um, actually, this was a complete turn from what I've done for the rest of my life. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19 years old. And then I almost died of cancer. And I really wasn't expecting to survive that. Um, and when I did, I found myself in a place where I was just as lost as if I was still fighting for my life. And I, um, had really forgotten what normal life was. And, um, you know, I was still alive, but I didn't know really how to live anymore. And I had a chance encounter with a dog. Um, I had gone to these people's house and they opened up their sliding glass window. A little dog ran in, I got down on my knees It put its little arms around my waist and just held its head still against my chest. And I had this like whoosh of like energy that went through my my body. It still gives me goosebumps. And um, it was the first time in several years through my battle with cancer that I was felt like I was really being guided in a new direction. Um, But I had a little bit of an issue because although I felt like the universe was definitely guiding me towards getting a dog, I have a wonderful husband who was really my guardian angel through all of this. And the one promise I made to him before we got married, he said, I want to marry you but I don't want to have dogs. And I said, okay, I do, you know, and it wasn't a big deal at that time, but now I sort of, you know, have this issue where I have to, um, figure out what direction I'm going and not undermine my marriage at the same time. So that's kind of really how all of this started. I never technically asked him for a dog. I was just peppering and dropping a lot of hints in a lot of different places. And, uh, I, finally, one night at dinner, he said to me, he said, for the love of God, he goes, please just fill out an adoption application. And little did he know that that would start our whole family on a journey that has now, uh, we probably rehomed over 80 dogs now. And, uh, we say, we say one dog at a time and Stella is our, is our personal dog, but we typically always have another dog in tow that we're helping to get prepared and find them their perfect home.
0: That's just, I love that story. And, um, I want to know how, how you kind of met Stella. So your your husband like finally caved, (laughs) said you can get a dog, but you ended up with like your perfect, like your heart dog. And how, how did you get so lucky? How did you find her and know that she was going to be so amazing?
1: Well, I do believe that the universe, or spirit, or whatever you want to call it, has a has a lot to do with that. I have had several dogs over the years that um, sort of just they happened to me. It's not like we sort of had this love connection. You know, I had a sister that got her divorce and didn't have a place for her dog. I had another dog when I was taking my cats to the vet that was being put to sleep that had a broken leg that I was like, oh gosh, got to save that one. Um, and then, um, another dog that my ex-husband had picked out that, that wasn't like a love match for me. You know, we kept those dogs for their, for their life and, and gave them good homes, but I can't ever say that those relationships for me were, were fulfilling ones. And so what? that's when my husband said, I just don't want, you know, I want to marry you. I just don't want to have dogs. I was like, you know, I've been there, done that, you know, so it wasn't a big deal. So I was really, really bound and determined that I found the right dog for me. I had such an experience with that little dog that connected with me on a soul level that I, I said a little prayer when we went to our first, uh, and really only adoption event. And that was, don't let me leave here with any dog only let me leave here with a dog if my dog is waiting here for me. And that was really, really important to me. So um, luck or whatever you want to call it, uh, I think Stella and I were were meant to be together. And she's uh, actually sitting next to me right now. And she's, um, she's just such a special girl.
0: Yeah, she is an amazing dog. And it seems like she's such a, a support to you Emotionally and in so many different ways. Um, You know, you post a lot of content. I see lots and lots of stuff. And one of the things that I think of you, think about when I think of you, is videos because you do so many videos. And Stella is very, very cute. And I think she's probably had quite a few like viral videos, I guess you could say. Um, So, so tell us a little bit about why you like doing videos so much. um, And you know, did did Stella inspire you to kind of go down that route versus, I don't know, doing just regular photos or doing long blog posts or anything like that?
1: Well, I have to say before Stella, I wasn't involved in any of this. So um, it wasn't like I I did it one way and then Stella came along and I started doing it another way. But over time, um, I I believe in an old saying, I don't know who came up with it, but, but people, they need to know you, they need to like you, they need to trust you. And maybe at some point they even buy from you, or if in my case as a nonprofit, donate to you. And I realized that as much as my channel was about dogs, it was my narration of what was going on that that people could relate to. And I had an experience um, kind of early on when we were fostering uh, a dog with very special needs. She was um, an extreme fear case. And um, anyway... It, she went to a meet and greet. It, it all went sideways. She ended up scaling a six foot wall concrete block wall in the middle of the night. She was gone. It was probably the worst experience of my life. And also the best because, um, when I got there, we got there race to try and get the, get, get her back and find her. Um, I had posted reluctantly on Instagram that she was missing. And when I got there, I was not prepared for, for what I was going to see. Uh, And that was a small army of people that had come out to help me find her. And I realized at that point that that people were wanting to help uh, me. They were wanting to participate and take part. And this was bigger than just Stella being a cute dog. Um, But the most important thing happened to me is, unfortunately, it was the middle of of, uh, July here. It was 109 degrees, even still at 9 o'clock at night. And uh, this dog uh, actually ended up collapsing from heat stroke. We rushed her to the vet. We were there. Um, she spent the night, um, and the next the next morning, somebody had gone in to visit her, and he told me. He said, "I sat by her side, and he said I played all your Instagram videos because I wanted her to hear your voice." And to me, that was such a connection level that that people do they do want that um, they want more than just a static picture. They they want to know who you are they want to feel like you're their friend and and to me that would that will always stay with me and so i do make a big point of 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 being myself and showing up you know however i am on a particular day which sometimes i look pretty decent and sometimes well i look like today probably um and and just being real just being real with people and 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 through the video i think we're able to accomplish that
0: Well, and another thing that I think, well, first of all, I like almost cried when you said (laughs) that he showed your videos to the, to the dog while she was recovering. That's just like touching, amazing. Um, But I, I think another thing that I think of when I see your account is some of your videos seem like stuff that if I were to take it if I were to think like oh I'm gonna take a video of this and send it to my sister but instead of sending it to my sister post it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it's like that is the kind of like intimacy and familiarity that you bring to your content and you've made your community like your huge extended family which is so cool
1: yeah it's it's interesting um and and it's not just me and it's not just Della. It's my personal extended family, like my immediate family. Um, that now get recognized in places um uh, my car is decked out with incredible Stella stuff and brian was at the grocery store and and this lady tracked him down the grocery store and said i saw your car outside i knew you must be in there he's like do i know you and she's like no but i know you and and that's the that's the it's the knowing the knowingness um of of being you know just putting yourself out there and and people say funny things like like they connect on little tiny levels like i'll I'll do a video and someone writes me oh my gosh i bought that same rug i had that state rug i got it at costco and it's just kind of amusing to me but it's like people are looking to like you know uh, feel like they're they can really resonate and connect and and through showing kind of the nitty-gritty of the day i think people are able to do that
0: yeah well and your and your videos in general um i don't mean to like stick on this topic forever but um I think it's just interesting that they're very raw. Like you're you're not putting in graphics and editing stuff like crazy. Like you just post stuff like exactly how it happens, which um, I think people really like that as well.
1: Well, I. Um... I think that's a psychological thing. Um, I found really early on, I had this graphic of the front of a dog food bag, and I was all clever, and I brought it into Photoshop, and I took out the dog that was on there, and I inserted Stella's picture, and I thought, oh, this is so neat. Stella's on this bag of dog food, you know, through Photoshop. And I posted it and like, I got like zero, I'm mean not zero engagement, but we're pretty close to it. And I and I think where our minds and subconsciously, we're pretty adept at filtering out advertising and bloop, 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 you know, going right past it. And and so my advice or my personal guideline is, is whenever I choose like that feature photo that, that's gonna come up from my video, it'll never be one that includes a logo or writing or, cause I feel like as soon as anybody sees that, they tune out. And I also see, um, oftentimes, the more work I put into something to make it look as professional as possible, the the less people are interested, they they don't want to see a commercial, they want to see just an actual video. And so I think that's, that's a really interesting observation.
0: Yeah, and I think you're, you're just like, killing it basically in that department. And you're totally right. And I've seen the same thing on my account, too. When I, when I put like, days worth of effort into into creating this like amazing trailer video <laughs> uh nobody watches it and then then yeah. <laughs> you post some like random thing that's like not perfect it's blurry or whatever everyone likes it so
1: you know it's funny it's like oh that got you know my my brilliant piece of art that i worked on it's got 100 views and 95 of them are me watching it over and over <laughs> again i'm like what's wrong with you people this is brilliant uh, but just last week my um i was working out the gym and Stella went with me and she jumped up on the fitness table with me and I was just doing like those bicycle leg things as I laid on my back and Stella's up on the table sitting between my legs there was nothing special about that video like I didn't think so but I posted it and I was like whoa like that has over 28,000 views um and so like you said like as soon as you think you got it figured out like the rules change or the game change and so even with like Instagram suppressing likes it's like I don't care about that I really don't care about it because what am I going to do about it for one? There's nothing I can do about it. And, and, you know, you just got to keep on capturing the daily lives, daily moments and let people participate vicariously through your adventure.
0: Yeah. And I, and I also, you know, people are always asking me like what I think about likes on Instagram or likes being hidden or whatever. And I always have to ask people like, what is your mission? You know, your mission in your business is probably not getting thousands and thousands of likes. There's got to be something bigger that you're working on. And so, like, you're working on big, impactful things and impacting so many people's lives and dogs' lives. So, um, tell us a little bit about some of this new stuff that you're working on. Um, yeah. You're working on so many things. I don't even know how to like (laughs) pinpoint one thing to talk about. But before we hit record, you were talking about what you're doing with Papa John's pizza. So yeah, you can tell us a little bit about that first.
1: Well, I'll start out by saying that um, my Brian, my husband, lovingly says his name's Brian that uh i'm a little bit like a fart in a skillet like i'm just all over the place bopping from one thing to the other and i have to say uh that's pretty accurate um so so yeah i have a lot of stuff that i'm working on as you know we released a book in august which we were super excited to have endorsed by uh animal planets uh, jackson galaxy we were picked up in target and uh, uh Chosen as their recommended read, um, Delilah, the talk show radio host, um, she chose us for the book uh, book of the month for October. Um, so we've had some incredible, like incredible, like strokes of luck, but it also is a result of, of a lot of hard work. Um, one of the things that we well, wanted wait, 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 to wait. do before yeah. you
0: before you move on, you just like yeah. said some amazing things. Like, how did you do that? Like, how do you reach out to Jackson Galaxy or Delilah or Target? you know i'm i'm i know it's a lot of hard work but did you work with someone who knew what they were doing or were you just kind of persistent in calling and calling and calling
1: um I uh it's a it's, a, it's a, a multifaceted answer actually because um our publisher is out of New York. Um they they reach have connections with some of some of the you know of those entities like Modern Dog Magazine and stuff like that. So we're in some of those because of those relationships. Delilah was a result, um, radio show was a result of the publisher's efforts. Um when Stella was awarded in 2018 um Dog Hero of the Year, um unbeknownst to me, when we showed up to the award dinner, which was like 400 people, um, Jackson Galaxy happened to be the MC for the whole event. And so we got to meet Jackson Galaxy there. And then we had a, just a couple other things in the industry where we kind of collided on stuff. So I thought, well, if someone's going to endorse our book, like I have to like figure that out, um, like, and pursue who that person's going to be. I figured, you know, Jackson's probably as likely as anybody, because at least he knows who we are. I think he follows like 45 people on Instagram and we're one of them. And I'm like, well, you know, we need to capitalize on that. Right. So, um, yeah, that was just a matter of, of contacting his, uh, his agent. And telling him what we were doing and, and why we thought we had good points of alignment between what his mission was and what what we were doing because although he's the cat daddy he is also a dog lover as well and uh and and we were just really really so appreciative that he agreed to endorse the book
0: yeah and plus i think he's also when i think of him i think of um you know uh transforming dogs who are cats i guess who like just are almost on the verge of getting tossed out of their house, <laughs> and yeah, help, helping them become part of the family. And so, you know, the rehoming work that you do and and training with the dogs, it's it really does align well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was um. So that it's, it's again, it's a universal thing. It's kind of just a thread that kind of pulled through. Um, and it's it's interesting in life because I always tell myself that when I'm trying for like a new project or a new uh, concept or something that. That when I put it out there, I have to remember the answer's rarely no. The the answer is usually not yet. You're not ready. It's not time. And it's like if I can switch over to the universe's timing instead of my timing, it's amazing how many of those things I pitched in the past or I thought was a a good idea in the past. It seemed to go nowhere that now all of a sudden I have this content that's already ready and and ready to go. But my brand is in a different place. And now that kind of opens doors. And you mentioned what we're doing with Papa John's. Um, We um, approached Papa John's about um, putting flyers for homeless dogs on the top of each pizza box, um, because we have a massive overpopulation issue here in Arizona. And so we are being distributed at about uh, 42 locations um, in the Phoenix Valley, which is really, really cool. But what's really neat about that is this, this program has just launched. Um, and two years ago, a concept that I loved that I put together, I pitched, I put a lot of time, it had a great reception on social media, was that um, for a national pizza chain to offer a, what I refer to as a doggy pizza, which is really just a, a little pe- a doggy treat in a little pizza box. So when you place an order and your pizza comes and your dog's like, ah, oh, I want some of that you actually have a little something to give your dog. It's a healthy treat. It's a little add on people can add to their order. And then uh, my goal would be to get the proceeds of those sales to benefit an animal profit or animal nonprofit. And, um, so now we've done the, the Papa John's thing this morning, I get an email, um, that they've picked up the news story in, uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. And so now we're on Papa John's radar, even though we did this two years ago, now I'm, I'm ready and I've already sent the email this morning, you know, here's a concept I'd like to run by you. So it's like, you're not, in tr- you're not in charge of the timing. And when you force your own agenda, like trying to pound a, a you know, a square peg into a round hole, you're going to be nothing but stressed out and frustrated. Instead, it's sort of letting the universe flow and letting yourself develop and evolve the way you're supposed to, which isn't overnight.
0: Yeah, I, that you're, you got my wheels turning already because I'm just thinking, you know, so many people, myself included, try to launch something and push so hard um, and it just like doesn't, it's just like not working. It's like there's so much friction uh, and maybe you just have to like retry it again in a year or something like that. It's probably not a bad idea. It could just be like not meant to be at this very well, moment.
1: Well, you think about like all of the concepts that came out um, you know, before the dot com crash, you know, there were so many new tech startups that had like freaking fantastic ideas. They were brilliant. But just because the idea is great, it doesn't mean necessarily it's the right time in history or, or you know, other technology things have to ca- catch up in order to really make it be something that is saleable. And there's a lot of those companies that initially went out of business, but the same concept was picked up by a different company that wasn't bankrupt and ran with it five or 10 years later where the technology and the the consumer like uh, usage of that would be more appropriate.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. I just, um, I've been getting into TikTok and, um, when I went to create a TikTok account, I found out my username that I use for everything. Mystic, was already taken and I was like, who took my name? But it was just me (laughs) because (laughs) it used to be, I think it used to be Vine, um, or something like that. And so anyhow, these companies, yeah, like Vine sort of like came and went and was like, you know, died, <laughs> died on the vine. Um, but then, you know, now they've rebooted it and rebranded it, but it's like still, you know, they made, it's the same company. It's the same kind of back end somehow somewhere some way um, and so it's a similar idea with these like hyper short videos so it it's very interesting um, so okay speaking of video it seems to be like the underlying theme of this entire conversation because the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the real dog moms of Scottsdale and oh, yeah. there's this amazing video that I watched of you and a bunch of your dog mom friends from Scottsdale and And um, just, I'll let you describe it, but how did that come to be?
1: Yeah, well, we've, uh, you know, again, about timing and, and, and like getting the right fit to move forward on whatever your pro- project is, is so important. And we've um, uh, been working on, on pitching a TV show and we've had several different like iterations um, and tries. Um, and for one reason or another, we didn't like the concept or one, we actually, we had a platform or a show called Adopt, Don't Shop, where we take one family that was looking to adopt a pet, but needed some help. Um, and the shelters are overwhelmingly. Places to go, and so we would be like an adoption concierge and walk them through this process. And what were they looking for in a dog? And you know what's their lifestyle like? And is this a good match? And um, we would travel around the country, Brian and I, and work with two or three different rescues to try and find a dog that the family was looking for. Um, and it sounded like a great idea. Like I'm all about that. It was one of our our main core elements of our our nonprofit is to encourage people to adopt and not shop. And then we filmed it and I'm like this is freaking boring. Like I hate this. Like, you know, and it's like I didn't know until we we filmed it. And so I never even did a single other thing on it. I was immediately like turned off. I was like I wouldn't watch this. This is boring. Like it has to we got to have more than this. And then um the four of us, Colleen and Erica and Betsy and I and uh we're always working together on on different dog rescues and situations and Erica actually had the idea. She's a big fan of um, the Real Housewives show, and I've actually I've never actually seen it. Um, and she said, "What if we were the dog moms of Scottsdale? Like instead of the Real Housewives of New York, we're the dog moms of Scottsdale?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah." And and so we we kind of uh, filmed the show on the premise that. The drama isn't going to come from us fighting because I don't, I don't need that in my life, but, um, the drama is actually going to come from the real life rescue, crazy, crazy ass stuff that we get involved in. Um, there's the drama. And so we would kind of be a cross between the Real Housewives and Pitbull and parolees. And so, um, that's kind of what we put together. We're working on a sizzle reel, um, that we're um, looking for a production company for, and we'll see where that goes again, like you never know, and you can't be attached because, um, it, it might be the sizzle reel that gets us in the door but but they want to use our cast of characters in a different way for a different show format but you got to start somewhere and and in the middle of all this we're also writing a screen a screenplay um which i'm i'm very excited about we've had a couple different people that that really want to um i've kind of told them what the premise is and they're like we can sell that so um and the screenplay is going to be based on a a heroine a really strong uh, female, um, lead character, which is loosely, loosely based on me. Um, and, uh, about a woman that goes through breast cancer that, um, essentially at the end of her treatment, she's still alive. Like I was, but as many people know, uh, cancer treatment's the third leading cause of bankruptcy in this country. Wow. So she comes out the other side, like, I should be thankful that I'm alive, but then she loses her house. She loses her business. Like she's, she's got nothing left. And so she kind of has a breakdown. She ends up traveling across the country, getting involved in different dog rescue situations, which are all based on the real rescues that we've done. And, um, she gets. I'm going to skip past a lot of the drama because I can go on forever, and I know this is a podcast. We <laughs> have limited time, but but she ends up providing transport for some pit bulls that are being held as live evidence that were seized from a dog fighting um, operation, and she's providing transport from uh, from this the place where they are to get them to some different rescues across the country, and in the process, the organized crime syndicate that had the dogs actually track her down, run her off the road, and take the dogs, including her own personal dog, her Stella, and, and she's just like completely, you know, losing her mind. Well, she has no idea what to do, but she finds out that her family has, uh, put a GPS collar on Stella. And so it's a cat and mouse game across the country, which is very dramatic. And, um, uh, anyway, so the goal in that, the goal really with everything I do, and this is like what you said earlier, like, what's your mission our mission, three simple things, to encourage people to adopt and not shop, to advocate for pit bull type dogs, and, and to help educate and underwrite spay and neuter initiatives. And all of these stories are going to wrap themselves around to, to giving these fighting dogs another chance. Like through this transport with these fighting dogs, she, she's expecting them to be like, you know, really scary. And then she finds out these are kind of just like my own personal dog Stella like and it gives the audience a chance to to think about these animals in a different way and hopefully will give them um, dogs in real life a second chance to be you know uh, somebody's beloved and find their forever home
0: I, that is like such a riveting story I want to read the book I want to watch the movie I and I also know who should star I, you probably already have somebody in mind Ooh, do you, who do you have who? an idea for who you want
1: I do I do, but I want to hear yours first.
0: Okay, Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. Amanda who?
1: Oh, Amanda I'll, have yeah. I'll have to look her
0: up. I'll look her up. She, because um, I live in Pittsburgh, she has filmed at least one movie in Pittsburgh, and she's a dog lover, and right. um, I I could just see her playing a really good... Hard in that role, I love that. You have to look her I up. love
1: that. I love. You know, I get some of my inspiration from Linda Hamilton um, when she played Sarah Connor in Terminator in the early ones. I haven't seen yeah. the later movies. Um, I haven't seen the new uh, one, but
0: she's back apparently in the new one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, in like in Terminator two, she's such a badass, and and like she's taking control, and, and that's really like. This story is going to be similar to mine. Oh, you know, a woman that's like totally brought to her knees and crushed and, and, and through that process becomes like really hardened and jaded. And, and through rescuing these dogs, like she starts to feel her heart soften and, and, and has that flood of compassion. And, and through that, she realizes. Oh my God, I'm worrying about this dog and I'm not so self-absorbed being worried about my own situation and, and the path that leads to healing both physically and, and psychologically that sort of, uh, Phoenix rising from the ashes and then, then, you know, transforming into this figure like Sarah Connor where she's ready to take on the world.
0: Yeah. I love it. This is – I'm so excited for you and everything that you're doing. And you are, like – you kick ass. Like, you um, get an idea and you go out and do it. So I'm sure all of these things are going to happen. So – Unfortunately, we are out of time for Aww, this particular sorry. show, <laughs> um, but tell everyone where where they can buy your book and where they can learn more, because we didn't really even get to talk about the spay and neuter grant program that you do, um, so tell people where they can go to learn about all of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Please check out our Instagram or Facebook, and that's Incredible, and Bull is spelled B-U-L-L, so Incredible Stella. Um, It's also the same on Facebook, um, pretty much the same on Twitter, uh, and our website's the same too, IncrediblesTella.com, and we would love it if you would support our work by buying a book. You can find it at Barnes & Noble, any major book retailer, really, Amazon, Target, wherever you want to buy it. Make a great Christmas present. It's a very uplifting, inspirational story. And one thing I'll point out, um, is that a lot of people ask me, does a dog die in the end? No, we are both still alive. So, um, for, for us sensitive dog lovers, I know that's an important part. So if you know someone that's struggling with some challenges, um, I really hope that we can leverage, you know, really the difficult things that my family's been through to help people, help lift people up and, and give them hope with a situation that they might be dealing with.
0: Yeah. Oh, I just love everything you're doing. And I think there should be a sticker that goes on books that says the dog does not die at the end because...
1: I, I heard there's a website. I heard there's a website. Oh, really? Like worried about a movie, there's a... I don't know what it is. I haven't looked, but I okay, heard there's have a website it. that will tell you whether the dog dies or not.
0: Oh, maybe, and I, maybe I should do a blog post of like movies and books where the dog doesn't die. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, yeah. I think that last uh, Dog's Life or Dog's Purpose or whatever movie, we were a special guest to the premiere of that, and I invited all these kids, and I felt so terrible because everybody, even all my dog moms that are, like, my age or older, everybody Sobbing. was, like, really distraught. And, and yeah. when I had left early, because I had Stella there, I was going to make her sit through a movie. Um. Uh, and I thought, oh, I've just, like, these kids are crying themselves to sleep, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> God. It's not what I had in mind. <laughs> oh, well. Well, um,
0: we can uplift their spirits, go to, go to Marika and Stella's um, social media and and you'll smile. You won't cry. Um, And thank you again so much for being on the show. Oh,
1: thanks, Tori. Appreciate it. Love the work you do.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wear Wag Repeat podcast. You can fetch show notes at wearwagrepeat.com. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And until next time... We'll see you around
1: the dog park!